0: Are you a parent in business that wants to learn digital marketing the right way? So you've got an amazing business and you want to shout it from the rooftops. You want everyone to know about it and you want to generate consistent revenue. You love the idea of your business working for you whilst you are busy making memories with your family. The one thing stopping you is digital marketing. From SEO to blogging, from creating your own digital courses to creating podcasts that parents will love, My Bumped Baby has the solution. We have launched our digital marketing academy and it is designed for parent-focused business owners to grow and scale their business with ease. Our academy can be accessed from anywhere on any device which means as a busy parent in business you can learn on the go with our bite-sized straight to the point videos. Join us today by visiting the link below and have seven day free trial on us to see if the area is right for you. Click the link under this podcast to start benefiting today and access our training right away. We look forward to seeing you in there and teaching you everything you need to know about digital marketing for parent-focused businesses. My Bump to Baby is one of the UK's leading parenting platforms. You can find local pregnancy to preschool groups, classes and lessons wherever you are in the UK. Not only that, but you can read our honest reviews on the latest products, days out and services that you as parents need to know about. We also work with trusted financial advisors, family law solicitors, and now estate agents, too. If you would like to find your nearest trusted expert, head over to www.mybump2baby.com. Are you a parent looking to start a small business? Perhaps you've no idea where to start. Or maybe you've already got a small business and you're struggling to take it to that next level. My Bumped Baby is here to support you. My Bumped Baby business offers training packages, mentorship programs, one-to-one support and e-courses. If you would like more information on how to grow your business with My Buumped Baby, then email us. Our email address is info at mybumptobaby.com. Hello and welcome to my Bump to Baby expert podcast, where we bring experts from all over the UK to answer your questions on everything pregnancy to preschool. Today we are talking all about prenuptial agreements today i am joined by eve gear a senior associate from Parfit cresswell and she is going to be sharing her knowledge with us on prenuptial agreements and hopefully she answers all your questions Hello everybody and welcome to My Bumped Babies Expert podcast. Today we are talking all about prenuptial agreements and I am joined by the lovely Eve Gear, a senior associate from Parfit Cresswell. How are you Eve? I'm well thank you. Good, I'm very excited to speak to you about this subject because I imagine it's a bit of a minefield for some people. It certainly can be, yes. So, Eve, can you just tell us a little bit more about you and and what you do for Parfit Cresswell?
1: Yes, certainly. So I am a solicitor in the family department. I'm a senior associate. So I conduct work in the family field exclusively. So it's really anything associated with the family home. I advise clients on divorce and separation, any children matters, parties that aren't married or in a civil partnership, but perhaps are living together. So cohabitation issues. And also I assist clients in relation to injunctions. So if there is any domestic abuse situations I can assist clients applying to the court to get the protection that they need.
0: Oh that's fantastic, that's fantastic because I know there's a lot of talk around uh, domestic abuse at the moment and the different aspects of it. I know there's um, it's not just kind of physical is it? There's a lot of different different options but I, I suppose that'll be saved for another podcast that yes, we can talk about. Definitely. So today we're going to t- touch on um, prenuptial agreements so can you just tell us a little bit more about what a prenuptial agreement
1: actually is? Yes, so put very simply, a prenuptial agreement, an agreement entered into by two parties ahead of their marriage or civil partnership, which sets out their financial assets. And in the unfortunate event that their marriage or civil partnership ends, it sets out exactly how they intend to divide these assets.
0: So they almost agree it before the actual before that happens so hopefully it won't happen but but then it covers it covers them both I suppose should the worst happen
1: absolutely it's almost like an insurance policy it's a form of relationship planning so you hope of course when you're entering into a marriage that nothing is going to go wrong you're going to be together forever but as you and I both know that's not always the case for everyone so it's just like a form of insurance really just in case the worst happens it will set out exactly what the party's intentions were at the outset of their marriage
0: That's brilliant. That's a great explanation. So what actually can be covered then in a
1: prenup? So typically it will set out the assets of the parties and the assets can be property um, in this country or abroad. Um, Typically a a couple will share a a home together, so that would be known as the family home, but they may have other investment properties as well. It would set out their pensions and possibly their income and uh, record if they were to um, divorce or um, dissolve their civil partnership. What would happen in those circumstances? And um, it's, it's advisable to try and plan for possible eventualities, such as if the parties are intending of having children. And so you might want to, um, when drafting a, a prenuptial agreement, I would want to include um, a, a sort of a review clause uh, to take account of certain important events and possibly um, if it's not the birth of any children if the couple aren't intending to have children maybe just have a review clause at maybe five-year intervals because of course the parties and circumstances may change throughout the life of their marriage so it's quite a good idea to keep the agreement as fresh as possible.
0: Of course yeah because your circumstances are always changing aren't they throughout your marriage so that that does make sense. So why I mean, why do most people use them then? Is it from previous bad experiences or?
1: Yeah, so it could be exactly that. They could have been um, married before and had a particularly difficult separation and divorce. But often people will use prenups to Say safeguard inheritances. So possibly they've already received a significant inheritance, or they are anticipating a significant inheritance, and they want to safeguard that. It might be that um, one or both parties um, has business interests that were acquired prior to the marriage, and they want to ring fence those as well. Um, so it's it's really um, I, I think that parties that perhaps enter a relationship with a similar level of assets probably wouldn't think about a prenuptial agreement but if there is a significant disparity um, then it's more common for parties to be thinking about protecting assets they've brought in and particularly if they are considerably more than the other party.
0: That makes a lot of sense. And and sometimes do you find that um, people who have been married before, like what we said then, but they've got their own children, maybe they're not going to have children in the future. Would that be something that they use, you know, um, just to protect the children from? from uh, yes. In-
1: Yes. Absolutely. That's absolutely right. I mean, obviously, it's advisable for parties to have wills in place, but this is like another layer of protection um, because the starting point, if you divorce in this jurisdiction, there are factors which may affect this but starting point typically is an equalization to a 50-50 split so you can see that if a party has um, perhaps been widowed or um, they have separated before and they have property and assets in their previous relationship they want to safeguard their children this would be an ideal way of doing so
0: that's brilliant. Yeah, I, I did wonder about that. That's great. So it's another level of protection like, you, yeah. like you're nicely put there. So how common are prenuptial agreements in the UK? Are they getting more common?
1: Yes, so they are certainly becoming more common. There was an important case known as Ragnarok, which was decided by the Supreme Court in 2010. And before that time, um, I think there was definitely a reluctance by the court to recognise prenuptial agreements. There was some case law which supported agreements that were fairly and properly entered into between parties but this particular case which was quite heavily reported changed the landscape certainly for family lawyers and and basically just in a nutshell that case was concerned with a German heiress and a French national husband and they entered into a prenup four months before they married Mm -hmm. and even though the prenup wasn't translated into English for um, the parties or for the husband um, it was still upheld by the court as one of the circumstances the court should have regard to the parties were basically they were similar ages and they went on to have two children Um, I think they married in 1998 but they separated eight years later Um, And at the start of the marriage, the husband was working at J.P. Morgan and was earning a fairly significant sum. But the purpose behind the prenup was actually to protect the German heiress and her inheritance that she'd already received and her wealth that she anticipated receiving in the future. Um, And the court felt that actually in that circumstance, because both parties knew what they were entering into, it was proper um, for the agreement um, to be upheld. The only um, matter to to raise in that regard was it didn't make provision for the the party's two children, so they'd gone on to have two children, and so there was an adjustment by the court to take account of the children's needs. Mm -hmm. But basically, the Supreme Court set out in that case quite helpfully how nuptial agreements should be treated. And they said that the court should give effect to a nuptial agreement that is freely entered into by each party with a full appreciation of its implications unless, in the circumstances prevailing, it would not be fair to hold the parties to their agreement. So that case was so important. And the recommendation was that... Really, um, the agreement needs to be shown to be freely entered into, so obviously there should be any pressure or duress on either side. And I think that in that case, um, they were suggesting at least 21 days ahead of the marriage, the agreement should be entered into. The Law Commission has gone on to say their recommendation would be 28 days ahead of any marriage. But my um, advice would be to anyone thinking about having prenup, give yourself as much time as possible before you actually um, marry, so before the date of the marriage. Because what you want to do is we can't say these agreements are absolutely 100% binding. But if both parties have... Um, entered into the agreement freely. They've said and spent, I don't know, maybe two or three months ahead of the marriage thinking about entering into the agreement. They have taken legal advice and both parties know what assets and income the other party has. Um, I think there's a very good chance of a court upholding that agreement. If any of those elements haven't been thought about, so um, they have the parties, one of the parties hasn't got legal Advice, or they haven't shared their financial disclosure there is a reason then potentially that the court may not uphold that agreement so basically you want to do whatever you can to um give the court as much um, power as possible to make the agreement and and to not think actually, oh gosh, is this agreement not fair? Um, And as far as possible, we want to think about having, like I said before, a review clause just to revisit the agreement at certain key events um, to then again support any argument um, that the court says, you know, this agreement doesn't seem to be fair. If the parties have reviewed it quite regularly, it would be much harder for the court to say that.
0: Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Gosh, wow, that was that's quite um quite a lot of information there. That, <laughs> ma- that makes nobody. It, it really does make sense. So, why then would you say it's important to seek legal advice when entering the prenup?
1: It's really just to show that the parties are on a level playing field, so that one party is not influencing the other and if both parties have gone to independent legal advisors and had proper independent advice themselves again it's going to be much harder for the court not to uphold it the court wants to uphold these agreements and if you both both parties go and see independent sisters that's sort of one of the boxes ticked if you like the court can be satisfied yes this party knew ahead of executing the agreement absolutely what they were signing up to.
0: That's brilliant. Brilliant. So, so when I suppose we've covered this a little bit, but just to be a bit clearer, when can you enter into a prenup then?
1: So a prenup would be entered into before a couple decide to marry or to enter into a civil partnership. If a couple are getting a little bit close to the date of the wedding, it's still possible for them to enter into a prenup, but it may be advisable for the parties once they're married to also think about a post-nuptial agreement. So um, that is, that can, mirror entirely the terms of the prenup um, but it's just to safeguard against these arguments that I've just raised about there being any pressure or duress because you want to be able to say to the court look um, you know we absolutely knew what we were signing up to and if it was on the eve of the wedding much better to have another agreement after the parties of marriage recording exactly what they have signed up to but demonstrating to the court that even once they were married this is absolutely how they want to deal with their assets in the unfortunate event their marriage does break down
0: yeah yeah because I can imagine like the eve of a wedding when you've got everyone there your dress is hanging up, and you get a text from your partner about um you know a a prenuptial agreement you know of course you're going to be more inclined to kind of go with it so a post one just kind of I suppose it it I see what you mean in regards to the court looking at yeah. it and saying, well, actually, you know, they have discussed it after the event as yes, well.
1: Absolutely, because the court's going to be looking at the emotional state of the parties, their ages, and their understand, understanding of the agreement and their respective financial circumstances. So the court really just wants to be satisfied. They both really understand what's going on. One party is not pressurizing the other party and they, they're freely entering into it. Um, And in that circumstance, the parties have a very good chance of having the agreement upheld.
0: That's great. That's great. So, so with prenuptial agreements, then, are they legally binding as such, then?
1: So they're not only in as much as um, it takes really for you to obtain a decree absolute and a financial order approved by the court for it to be binding. So, um, whilst a prenuptial agreement is a good insurance policy, because it's impossible for parties to crystal ball gaze entirely, and there may be circumstances which come up which the parties don't expect, the court still has to retain its discretion to look at all the circumstances of the case upon a relationship breakdown. So, I think that if the parties enter go through the steps that we've just talked about so um, enter into the agreement as far ahead of of the wedding as they possibly can disclose their assets income and liabilities get independent legal advice and basically show the court that they've done um everything within a timely manner they've they've ticked all the boxes and it's likely the court's going to uphold it but if the agreement hasn't taken account of let's say Children being born. The court is always going to prioritise the needs of any children, and needs basically gazumps all. So, the agreement fundamentally has to be fair. Um, So, if the agreement is not held to be fair, then the court won't won't, um, honour it. Um, So, it's, it's better to have a prenup than not and it's important that you go through all of those steps but it, we can't say yes absolutely it's concrete because there are certain circumstances that might happen that the parties can't foresee that the court's going to want to take account of in any final resolution of their finances.
0: Yeah that that makes a lot of sense so so in regards to the post um, just a bit further details on those if um, you were five ten years down down yes. through into your relationship and you were going to come into quite a large inheritance mm-hmm. um could you at that point even if you've never had a prenup then say you know I don't know how the conversation would go with your partner but could you get a postnup at that point
1: yes absolutely you can get a postnup at any time and post marriage or civil partnership certainly and obviously the other party needs to be in agreement but there's no reason why they wouldn't be Um, and safeguarding inheritances is, is a very common reason why parties might think about it I mean obviously if the other party is um unwilling to enter into a postnup there's not a great deal that can be done about that and um, but it's certainly something that if both parties are on board with why not get one absolutely
0: brilliant that's really good to know so we've covered obviously you'd review your prenup and your postnup um at different stages yes. um so can you challenge your prenup um you know at a later date if you did come to split up and and you have kind of um say you've done these for every five years you've reviewed your prenup or your post yes. um could you then say you did split up could you challenge what what you've already kind of
1: put down Yes, you, you can. And even in this case of Bradmacher that we were just talking about, that's basically what the husband was doing. Mm. Um, and because in that case their circumstances had changed, they'd gone on to have two children. The court was thought, agreed with the husband in that respect, that actually he um, needed more monies just to um, support him as a father. Um, so so again, so in that circumstance, that the husband was challenging, saying that um, the agreement didn't um, cover him; it wasn't sufficient to meet his needs as a father, and and they had the parties had a shared care arrangement in relation to the children. So a lot of the case law. Um, that um, I might see is is parties actually challenging these agreements and saying to the, the judge, "Oh well, it's not fair, judge, because look, this has happened and that's happened." Which is why, ideally, as much as possible, you review it as regularly yeah. as possible to avoid that happening. And because they aren't, we can't say they're one hundred percent binding.
0: That's great. I mean, if if you're doing um, the prenup or the postnup, you could both just say to each other, "Look, this is what we're going to do every so every." so many years so it doesn't yes. come in as a shock when the other person says oh it's come to that time again this is just what
1: you do so absolutely you can build it into the agreement and it might be that actually their circumstances really haven't changed in which case you would still be best served to update the agreement so at least the parties have thought about it has anything changed? do we want to make any revisions no so you would still have a perhaps a fresh agreement and redate it so that you know it's clear they have revisited it but it doesn't mean um, that their circumstances have necessarily changed it's just keeping it fresh really mm-hmm. that's it
0: is. yeah that makes sense and are there any other options available that are like prenuptial
1: agreements so i mean obviously and um, you know not every couple marrying is going to have a prenuptial agreement and uh, like i've said in lots of circumstances particularly if the parties have a similar amount of wealth and um, they're not going to think about it um but i suppose if um If a couple were thinking, well, actually, if we're not going to get married, we don't want to enter into a civil partnership, but we are going to live together, we're going to cohabit, it might be advisable for them to enter into a living together agreement, which, again, it's not binding, but it's going to show um, what their intentions are at the outset of their relationship. And certainly if a cohabiting couple are purchasing a property together, for example, um, and one party might be putting in more of the deposit and so on um, they might want to enter into a living together arrangement they might also want to have um, a deed of trust or a declaration of trust to show that they hold the property together as tenants in common but actually and beneficially one party has more of an interest than the other party just to reflect the imbalance of the monies put into the property at the outset so that's just another way of um, relationship planning if you don't want to, to marry or enter into a civil partnership
0: that's brilliant. Goodness, you've answered so much and I didn't realize there was so much to it but but it sounds it sounds quite simple as well really um <laughs> but once you've kind of covered everything but that that's great oh, good. Um, so Eve um, where would people find you then um if they want to get in touch with you for more information on this particular subject can they email you
1: they certainly can so I am a solicitor, like I've said with path at Creswell um, and my office my main office that I work from is the Coleman Solicitor's Office so that's Paddock Hall Chambers in Haywards heath um, but my email address if anyone wants to contact me is eg so my initials at colmans solicitors.com and my telephone number if they wanted to speak to me is travel five.
0: that's amazing thank you so much for your time today eve that was really
1: really useful no problem at all it's a pleasure thank you thank you
0: Thank you for listening to My Bump to Babies expert podcast. If you would like to find help and support from experts in your local area, head over to www.mybumptobaby.com and you will also be able to find local pregnancy to preschool groups, classes, businesses and services in your local area. wondering what's on in your local area? Come and join our weekly newsletter where we share the classes and groups that are on in your local area. From pregnancy to preschool we have you covered. Click the link below this podcast to receive your newsletter each week every Sunday so you know what's on and you can plan your week ahead.